0: Um, but at uh you know at 31 years old, like my friends were having families and kids and I was um still, you know, like basically taking Molly on airplanes and going to countries that I didn't even know were on my passport and um it wasn't cute anymore. So um, you know, I'm thankful that my parents objected to my behavior because I really uh that was like I never got a DUI, I never came in on a court card. Um, you know, I, I'm not one of those people that lost everything. And I, I appreciated that reading at the beginning that the bottom came up to me, um, because you don't have to lose everything, but I was spiritually bankrupt. Um, I can remember though, you know, when we talk about like in the big book, when, uh, Bill had alcohol and he finally felt the effects of, of drinking that he felt like he had arrived. And, um, one of my very first experiences drunk, I was, um, in sixth grade and, uh, you know, I, um, it was like this highly anticipated event. Uh, my friend's older brother was having a cake party and, um, man, was he like the cutest guy ever. He was my crush. He was my best friend. And naturally you have a crush on your, your best friend's brother. I think it just comes with the territory, but anyways, um, you know, he, her parents were going out of town. There was a cake party happening. Like she had, I think there were six of us uh, and we were in middle school at the time. And the agreement was, I mean, we can all go to this cake party. Well, really, we can be at the house. We just have to stay in the room and they'll bring us, you know, red solo cups and just keep like helping us, uh, you know, drink. And as long as we like behave, I'm like, Oh my gosh, of course, of course. We've been so excited for this event. And, um, you know we had our first he brought up our first like six cups and you know i drank mine immediately and i think I even like helps the girl next to me drink hers and um you know we kept saying like more and more and um as we started to go throughout the night um you know i noticed like i was drinking way more than any of the girls i was with and um i started finally feeling the effects of that alcohol and i didn't really know um, but some of my earliest memories as like a three, four, five year old was that I was really uncomfortable, like just never felt like I belonged to my own skin. I have a great family. My parents are both still together. They love me. I have one other brother um, who, you know, remembers like baseball parties and birthday or birthday parties and baseball games and like these like Christmas, you know, eves that we would just all be under the Christmas tree, like celebrating and unwrapping presents and. I, like, have this mind that tells me, like, I was, like, orphan Annie, you know, and was, like, in a cave with, like, slag tights dripping down on me and, like, asking for, like, food through the door. Like, I, I have a very different memory of my childhood than my brother does, and that's alcoholism, you know? Like, I, I just, irritable, restless, and discontent. I felt like from the very beginning of my being, I did not belong here and that I am in the wrong skin. And um, even when I was at girls' um, sleepovers and you know sporting events, like I never felt okay with who I was. And it wasn't something that happened to me and it wasn't my parents, you know, that spanked me or didn't spank me enough or potty training. Um, I didn't know until my 30s that that's alcoholism. And um, that my natural state is irritable, restless, and discontent unless I have a solution. And so when I was in sixth grade and finally found that, that solution of alcohol, um, it was like somebody had taken my black and white world and painted it in color. You know, that very first night, I had a spiritual experience. I literally um, had like gone from this very awkward, like sixth grader with braces, mind you, not headgear, but still braces, you know, so very, very uncomfortable and awkward. Um, and, you know, ended up talking to these high schoolers. Of course, the high schoolers. We're getting out of control so like we snuck down in the basement and started like partying with them and hanging out with them and then I kissed her older brother so now you know uh alcohol is coupled with oh my gosh I just man like landed the man of my dreams like this is it you know um it was it was the best night of my little you know sixth grade like my whole life until that point and um, you know, as the night went on, like we threw up, and made terrible decisions, and made fools of ourselves, and like literally threw up everywhere. And we like came to the next morning, and I just remember the other girls I was with. Like, man, that was like terrible. I'm never doing that again. Oh my gosh, like I can't believe I did that with that guy. And you know, I was like, it, we still have alcohol in the house, right? Like, why are why are we stopping? And this is just a break in between, like your your parents getting here. Um, and, and from then on, I, I literally thought like, this is it. Like, I am never going to go back to that old awkward self of like hiding in the locker room and feeling like I don't belong. Like what I felt last night should be my new norm, because that's how I, I, that's the only way I knew how to live. And, um, you know, my drinking, my very first drinking experience was pretty, uh, indicative of all the other experiences I had later in my life. You know, my friends kind of ended early. Um, or they would wake up feeling remorseful and I would just, you know, tell them like, that's weird. Um, there's something wrong with you is there's still vodka in the freezer, you know, like, or I'm going to get my own. And, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't until, um, I got into high school and I started, uh, it actually, it wasn't until I got into sobriety that I actually realized a lot of these facts about myself, but, um, in high school, you know, I had to really, live this double life, which we're so good at. So thank goodness I'm an alcoholic because, um, I was uh, very involved in varsity sports. Um, and you know, there was zero tolerance for alcohol at all. We weren't even allowed to be at parties. Um, my coach was also a teacher at uh, my high school. And so she heard things and if she heard things, she would then she used to suspend you, um, you know, and my varsity sport was my entire life. It was a year long. And I, um, I was very, very involved, but I jeopardized it almost every single day. I would be smoking weed um, in the locker room. I would drink um, on my off periods. I would uh, drink on weekends. I would do the most insane, wild stuff. And I was—I happened to be captain of this team for all four years. And um, it was my life, but I continued to jeopardize it. And I didn't care. Because for me, consequences never mattered, right? Like, oh my gosh, aren't you worried that you might lose the most important thing to your life? Like, no, not if you put alcohol in front of me, you know? I don't have a choice. People talk about, oh, hey, what's your drug of choice? Like, I'm not here because I have a drug of choice. I'm here because I don't have a choice. And I have something called alcoholism, which means that I'm programmed to wake up every damn day and drink. And, um and do drugs and get rid of this, uh, restless, irritable state that I am just naturally in. And, um, you know, when I was, I got through high school kind of unscathed by the, by the just like skin of my teeth. And my mom told me, you're never going to go to college. Like you're never, if you keep, cause she would see me come home, just blasted, like basically parking the car in the, um, in the front lawn. And just making, like, just doing ridiculous things. And, you know, they were really upset with me. And um, I don't know if you've ever tried to control one of us, but it doesn't work ever. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I just went harder. And, um, you know, thankfully, uh, I, I kind of had a moment of clarity when college started coming around. I'm like, gosh, what am I going to do? Like, if I'm like this in high school and I have like this amount of like parameters around me and like a little bit of, um, you know, just some basically, uh, people trying to control me or, uh, like stability, um, outside of me, like, what am I going to do when I can like really let things go in college? And, um, my solution at the time, um, I don't want to minimize this, but, um I married a preacher's son and I really hoped that uh, that would that would fix things. and honestly, I cared for this person tremendously. Um, I went I got married, I got engaged on my nineteenth birthday um, and got married at twenty. My parents were so livid and confused because I had gone from this crazy party girl um, you know that they had seen, but they also uh, you know were were like proud of me for turning my ways but they didn't really trust it and my mom called me a child bride all the time <laughs> my poor parents honestly um gosh they just got caught in the crossfires uh and so i um got married and i had a very different college experience than most people because i was married to a preacher's son um, we were we were very involved in the church and um, you know for me that worked um you know in college I think I got drunk like two or three times, Um, but I didn't know that like alcoholism manifests itself in other ways. And so I started running a lot. And I don't know if you know that, that's kind of like a thing of alcoholics um, that that were like runners, like physically and um, spiritually, obviously. But, uh, you know, I started running marathons. I was running like this crazy woman, like four or five hours a day. And was just like almost manic and, um, you know, it was, it was such a weird time. People talk about college and, you know, like I'm thankful for the opportunity because I worked really hard in school. Um, I graduated with a really um, amazing opportunity to work for a great company. And uh, what happened after I graduated was I started to take clients out and I started traveling. And um, with taking clients out came freedom, and with freedom came drinking. And um, at that time, I, I really had forgotten, I thought, oh hey, if I can have gone this amount of time without drinking because it's about the amount I drink, right? Uh, then you know, I'm not an alcoholic. And this was like, again, one of the trials and tribulations with myself of, you know, trying to prove to you guys that I'm not an alcoholic is, hey, I can just have one, right? And then what would happen to me um, is that I would just obsess about the other. And we would be at a family dinner and, um, you know, everyone would have one glass of wine and I would just be like tapping my finger, wouldn't even be able to focus on what was on my plate, thinking like, when, when is someone else going to get number two so that I can go, you know? Or like, I wonder if there's a way that we can um, pour just bigger glasses for everyone. And, you know, like all of these mental mind- tricks that I would do, because I didn't know that that is part of alcoholism is the mental obsession. And that once I put one drop in my body, that that is on and popping, there is nothing I can do. The manifestation is going, it is an allergy that I cannot control. And so um, I, I started um, with this company, and I started traveling and taking clients out. And um then it got just like my alcoholism got progressively more and more um you know dangerous and I started to not come home at night and I started to uh you know take longer trips and take unnecessary trips and my behavior just started to go down. And um my poor husband at the time was just really confused. Um, but you know, he knew before I did and he requested that I go to AA meetings and I laughed at him and I said, you're crazy. What are you talking about? Um, and I was hungover from the night before, but I threw myself in a meeting and I just, I sat in the back and I was like, this is, this is insane. Like he should be here, not me, even though he literally had no problem drinking. Um, I didn't even remember the night before. I I remember like, uh, and I was also on um, some psych meds because I would go to therapists. This was one of my favorite like activities. I would go to therapists because obviously like I'm screwed up for my childhood, and um, you know I would just sit in there and I would just tell them like oh, I feel terrible about myself. Like I have this low self esteem. My mom is such a hater. Like my dad never gave me enough attention. I think I'm de- I have depression and anxiety, and I would be in there totally loaded, you know, and come over. And they would be like, they would give me meds and I would drink on them. And then I would black out and not remember what happened and then report back to them a week later. Like, yeah, these aren't working really. Um, I don't know what's wrong, but those meds are, shouldn't even be FDA approved, you know, <laughs> like just like wild shit. Cause that's what we do. It's always somebody else's problem. Right. And it's always the external. Um, And that's not, uh, you know, not to say anything bad about um, psych meds. I'm actually a a huge fan, but, um, you know, for me, it's a holistic. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. was my own pharmacist for a while. Um, So uh, just getting back to um, the story, and I'm trying to share in a general way. uh, Basically, I I left that husband and um, just do what we did and just burn everything down to the ground. And um, you know he was really lost and confused. And um, you know it's it's just a, it's just part of my story and it's part of my life. And it's um, you know a theme of mine. If I'm uh, untreated in alcoholism or not, is I am like a tornado that rushes through the lives of others, and I will um, just leave a path of destruction. And, um, you know, then I, I, I left him, I moved, I found a new relationship, um, did the exact same, except now that I don't have this man that's kind of holding me back. Um, I am now like wanting to try all the drugs in the world and wanting to do all of the things, right. Because I've been this, such this good girl for so long and it didn't work. So let's go. And I mean, for six years, I did all of the things um, except heroin and fentanyl, but uh, everything else, you know, there was, there was no, um, there was no reason for me not to, you know, I I really was kind of upset with God, if I'm being uh, honest, because I, I felt like, what the heck, God, like I changed my entire life for you. And I really tried to live this life that you're asking me to live. And I, I saw no true change. And um, what happens with me in religion um, versus me in spirituality is that I have um, now with spirituality, I have a personal relationship and not saying that can't happen with religion. It's just for me personally, I had this block between me and God and I wasn't being honest about what was really going on. I also didn't have the education um, and I wasn't armed with the facts about myself because I truly thought that alcoholism and addiction had something to do with the amount that i took um but really it doesn't matter the amount it matters what happens when i take that in my body right and what my body does with that That i have this allergy that literally triggers an obsession and no one knows what's going to happen if i have one beer or it's beer 30 um i can i can literally wind up in mexico or i can wind up next door in your neighbor's bed or maybe in my own nobody knows you know and And there are plenty of people who can go have one beer at happy hour and leave half of it. And that's alcohol abuse, by the way. I just wanna say that. (laughs) Just drink the whole thing, please, for the rest of us. You know, like drives me insane. Um, So, uh, you know, um, I moved um, to Atlanta because obviously Colorado wasn't working for me after 30 years, um, Colorado was the problem. And um, it's amazing when I, when I look back at the story, the sicker I got, the sicker um, the people I attracted were. And I found myself in a job opportunity that um, allowed me to travel all the time, um, that encouraged drug use. We had an open bar at our, um, at our office. It was a wholesale manufacturer of nutraceuticals, which is just a name for powder and pills and nobody really knows. And it's a very interesting industry Um, and it's dirty. And there's, I mean, so much money to be made. I learned so much about myself, Uh, but I do, (laughs) I do remember, uh, you know, there was this one guy in there and I call him snaggletooth because he was long in the tooth, like older guy. And he was like, you know, um, he was like a vet and was just one of the best salespeople I'd ever met. But, you know, he would come in from nights and you were just like, man, like, did you, what happened last night? But you, you would just wear it, you know? And he would sometimes sleep under his desk and um, he'd, he'd like knock on his desk and he'd like pop up, you know, and he'd like have a fresh, like beer. He just cracked, it's 8 a.m. Like, you know, that's, that was just, that was him. And, uh, you know, he and I, of course, bonded and became very close friends, because that's what we do. <laughs> And, um, and I remember one day, and this is a moment of clarity of my story. I, I walked into his office and there was um, this pile of powder on his desk and I didn't even think twice. I just put it right up my nose. And he looked at me like in shock. And he's like, you have a problem. I was like, I, I have a problem. Like, where'd you sleep last night? Do you even have an address or a phone? Like, what do you mean I have a problem? Do you even have a cell phone on you right now? Or is that a burner? Like, how dare you? I have a degree from college, you know, Uh, and just this incredible ego that I have. Um, And, you know, it really, it was a moment of clarity for me because somebody who I saw as so sick and so alcoholic saw me like that. And, um, you know, a few years later, it's about four years later, um, I had hit my spiritual bottom and I found myself in another state with another man who was even sicker than the previous one. And I was the worst I'd ever been, um, spiritually and physically. And this guy called me, snaggletooth called me out of the blue. And I, I literally hadn't heard from him in probably four years and he sounded amazing. And I was like, what? on earth are you what is that molly or like some type of new coke in atlanta that has you like all happy and uh he's like no i'm sober i was like oh okay today or are you you're in jail i was like no um he's like i am hundred percent stone cold sober he had 18 months and i was like how did that happen and he said um alcohol Anonymous.
1: and um
0: man, that changed my life. That was the first time I had ever heard that and seen a transformation like that just over the phone. And he said, um, how you doing? And he knew, he knew I was not good. And, uh, and I said, I've been better. And he said, look, um, you got to get down to the causes and conditions. It's not why we drink and use, or it's not how we drink and use, but it's why. And until you understand that, you are going to keep doing this and doing this and doing this. And so um, the timing was, you know, I can tell you about God, and, but you guys know when God shows up, right? You absolutely know without a doubt when God shows up. And that was a time I had just left um, the worst relationship of my entire life. Uh, packed up my car was bawling my eyes out. My dogs were right beside me. I was driving back to California and he called me at that moment. And um, I didn't get sober right then. Uh, I came back to California for about three weeks and drank and did some more like, you know, for me, for me, my life is so hard. And then um I met with a woman in an Alcoholics Anonymous um because I was going to Planned Parenthood for my fourth abortion. And um I don't share that a lot, but that was that was one of my not yets. That was one of my this is never gonna happen to me. I'll stop drinking if. And I found myself there four times. And um God has continually put sponsees in my life who have gone through that themselves. And, you know, the big book tells us that our past will become our greatest asset. And then if I do the work on this, which I have, that it's not something I want to hide and something that, um, you know, I'm going to feel guilt and shame for, but something that hopefully other people can learn from my experience. And a woman sat across the table from me and I just spoke with her today. Again, God's timing. I haven't heard from her in over a year. She reached out to me this morning and, um, you know i told her about my relationship i told her about all the all the things that were going wrong um didn't mention drugs and alcohol at all and uh she suggested to me alcoholics anonymous damn it because that's what snabbletooth had said and i really didn't want that to be the answer i just didn't you know i wanted her to tell me Hey, I have this amazing therapist and like this state of the art pill, basically take it. You're like a new person. You don't make all those ridiculous decisions anymore. And you're a new person like, or this book. Oh my gosh. Like something, please anything besides Alcoholics Anonymous. right? My life is over. I'm 31 years old. I'm somewhat successful. Like I'm now single. Like to tell that, tell me that I have to go to Alcoholics Anonymous is a death wish in my, my mind at that time. Like the wackest shit that I ever could have heard, right? I did not want to do this program. But she asked me a question and for the first time in a very long time, I was honest. And she said, has what you have been doing worked? She said, all the doctors you're seeing, all the moving, all the relationships, you know, the sound bath healing, the yoga retreats, (laughs) whatever this is that you're chasing to the ends of the earth, has it worked for you? And it hadn't, if it had, I wouldn't have called her desperately because I was scared to death. You know, I was making that drive one more time. Um, and by the grace of God, I was not pregnant. Um, another major God shot. And uh, I started getting my butt to uh, 6.30 AM meeting every morning. Um, and she said to me that uh, you put alcohol Anonymous first and everything else will fall into place. I said, Oh, but I do my workout at 6:30," And she said, I don't care. You put Alcoholics Anonymous first and everything else will fall into place. And so I, I trusted her and thank goodness that I had the willingness. Um, and I had been beaten into a state of reasonableness because, um, you know, I basically trusted her blindly and I just knew that she had a, this light about her, this peace Um, something I know now to be a product of freedom and of doing the work in Alcoholics Anonymous. And she had this life that, um, you know, she has kids. She has four kids of her own. She just adopted two more from Africa. Um, She's incredibly like gifted and beautiful and people are drawn and attracted to her. And I I just wanted that. And so I didn't go to detox myself. Um, I stayed on her couch uh, for several days and went to four alcoholics meetings a day, alcoholics anonymous meetings a day. And thank God that God put me in Orange County because we have so many meetings, so much recovery here. I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have you guys. Um, and so uh you know she was um she was such a gift to me and what's what's crazy is she called me this morning and she says hey my son um, is strung out on heroin can you help? That um that to me is a gift. That's a promise of this program. Um, because she saved my life. She really did. And um, you know, I, I don't know if we're gonna be able to help her son. Um, I'm not sure he's totally done, but the fact that she felt okay to call me and ask um is a is a beautiful gift of this program. And um I don't know I'm doing on time. Okay. Um You know, I just, I wanted to, so I'll have uh, essentially, back to my sobriety date, Um, September 10th, 2015 is when I I put down the bottle. Um, I wasn't totally prepared to stay here. And so I was taking some um, prescribed meds uh, for two months. Um, So it wasn't until this year that I changed my sobriety date um, to November 1st of 2015. And, um, you know, I'm not like, I have a sponsor or my most recent sponsor, uh, Mary O. Oh, um, she moved to Texas, but she has over 32 years of sobriety. And she says, you know, she reminds us that this is a daily reprieve and, uh, that each day is a gift, a state of execution. And, uh, she's from Texas, right? So she says, um, can't stay full on yesterday's hot dog which basically means that it doesn't matter what I did yesterday, right? It literally doesn't. And you know, like I, I wake up hungry every day as does my addiction. And so I have a choice that, you know, I can either treat it with AA and the spiritual principles or I can treat it with something else. And alcoholism is sneaky because it does not require alcohol or drugs, right? It centers in my mind. And that's where i think um you know a lot of people get uh, have a misconception between you know oh if i stop drinking i'll be fine like then maybe you're not a real alcoholic and thank god this disease is self-diagnosed right because only i know what happens to me when i stop drinking and i don't have god right then you know that money starts to look real appealing like it may not be the the pills or the powder um, you know, but the material things start to be, you know, oh man, that means more to me than anything, or that that uh, worship of other things. Um, you know, I I am somebody that has um, the ability to go after things and have a hunger for things so much, but it is never enough, right? My alcoholism, like I can take everything to my, um, you know, idol of alcoholism and just all of these things, the money, the job. Um, oh, I need, you know, bigger this and and a better this. And I bring it to, to my alcoholism and it's not enough, not enough. Because the true treatment of this for me is God. And that is crazy. Because if you would have told me that I would have said, okay, like I'll do all the steps, but I'm pissed at God. You know, I, I showed up for God, you know, I married a Christian and, and did all these things and was so involved in the church and God didn't show up for me, but I wasn't honest I wasn't living a life that was worth living. This isn't about stopping drinking for me. Like this is a lifestyle and that we have spiritual principles that we're supposed to utilize and apply on a daily basis. Like the steps are not a homework assignment. Oh my gosh. I wish they were right. But the beautiful thing is that we don't actually have to use our own power to apply these things. If we start to ask for the help of God and we start to ask for the help of of your higher power or whatever it is that created you, these things just start to happen. And for me, Alcoholics Anonymous is core to all of that because you guys show me how to live. You guys show me how to show up for birthdays. Um, One of the promises I have, um, I didn't share this in my story, but I moved to California, specifically to San Clemente um, to be close to my brother and his family. And he had uh, two small children at the time when I got here. And, um, you know, I was using for a good year um, because I thought that it was the location. I thought that those crazy people in Atlanta made me do everything wild. And then I moved to San Clemente, this little quiet beach town. I was like, no one can find me here. Like, I'm gonna be good. You know, this is gonna be, this is gonna be it. And um, I hadn't even unpacked. And I have a letter that I wrote to myself um, on the plane from Atlanta to California saying, I'm gonna start fresh. I wanna be clean pure of heart you know purity brings clarity like trying to like pump myself up you know like yes this is this is what we're gonna do it this time you're gonna start over and you know you're not gonna make the same mistakes you just made in atlanta and then utah and then in or yeah colorado and you know like oh my gosh so i'm not even unpacked taking boxes into my apartment. And these guys walk by with red solo cups and cornhole. Oh, cornhole's my weakness, but so are red solo cups, right? And they're like, hey, you new here? Throw my crap over my shoulder. Like, sure am, you wanna show me around? And that night I'm meeting up with a local drug dealer. Like that's what happens to me. And so my brother and his wife um, got a front row seat to that. And um, unfortunately I drove his kids Um, while I was under the influence and they found out and they were really, really upset um, for several years. And um, I'll have six years of sobriety in November. And it wasn't until about two years ago that our relationship started to get repaired. And that was four years of solid work of me showing up for every birthday, every Christmas, every event, mother's day, father's day, sporting events. And now like, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful thing. Um, They wanna see auntie all the time, right? And you know, we do taco Tuesdays. um, We do Saturday morning hikes. I don't miss those for the world. Those are more important to me. I will miss an AA meeting for that because that's why I'm here, right? AA has given me that ability to show up for my family. And I was so upset. I remember just talking to my sponsor saying why it's taking so long. After one year, two years, three years, like, why haven't they, why don't they believe me? And she just said, just keep doing the work. Stay consistent. There is a long road of reconstruction ahead. I spent 30 years out there, just tornado, right? And I, and I just want my family to accept me like that. And the same with my parents. Our relationship is the best it's ever been. I didn't even want to know my mom six years ago. I mean, honestly, I was... She and I have fought since I got off the womb. Like literally, it's it's been uh we've beefed forever. And now, um, you know, my parents come to California, they get to be with my brother um, and his kids, and they get to spend time with me. And it's this, it's, uh, you know, they wouldn't wanna do that. They wouldn't want to stay with me. They prefer to stay with me than my brother. And um, it's, I mean, that's not favoritism. My brother is definitely my mom's favorite and she'll tell me that. But, you know, they, they do like the space that I've created and I have this really beautiful life. I have a career that I'm proud of today. Um, I show up for people. I have friends that showed up for me tonight. Like I have the most amazing friends you could ever imagine. And they showed up for me tonight. And um, that is, that's a gift of this program you know um but it's not just about me you know not drinking and showing up to meetings like i've had to do the work you know behind the scenes there is a lot of work to be done and if i wouldn't have changed the person that i was and become uh the person that i am today you know they wouldn't probably want to know me nobody really cares if you're not drinking if you're same the same dirt bag you were before right i mean that's my experience um one i have a few minutes so one last like kind of uh story I'll end with um is that when I was 90 days sober and not really working a program, um I was in my morning meeting, my 630 morning meeting, because I went to that every day. And this boy showed up and um he had just gotten out of rehab and um he was just the cutest thing I'd ever seen. And he started talking to me about business after, cause like, I'm, I love talking about business. That's my thing is I like to mix business and relationships always, still That's a cool. theme. Um, oh <laughs> so, uh, You know, he offered um, for us to go out to breakfast the next morning. And I was like, yes, I would love that. That sounds wonderful. Um, talk about business. And uh, we didn't even get through breakfast. And he said, you know what? You're going to be my wife. And I said, I would love that. I would love to be your wife. And we got engaged two weeks later. <laughs> and uh, we got married one week after that. And that sweet woman who I sat across the table with, um, who suggested that I go uh, into Alcoholics Anonymous, um, she had kind of seen us courting, um, but she like had warned me about him, but was trying to like respect everything. And then I showed up at her house and I was like, yeah, you know that guy, Bobby? She's like, yeah. I was like, he's married. She's like, I know honey. I knew it was too good to be true. And I was like, to me. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Like we laugh about this now, um, but that's how batshit crazy. Like I literally thought in my, I was 31, right? So age doesn't matter that that was a good idea. Like, Hey, we should do this. Oh, and guess what? Never ever have I seen my brother in uh, the grocery store ever. Until the day after we got married, and I happened to be there. My brother's there with his kids. They're like so excited. I'm 90 days sober. They think I'm doing great, and they're like, "Hey, who's this guy?" And he's like, "Oh my gosh, I'm her husband." <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> my, like my brother was livid. He's like, "Oh, okay, so the mom and dad now." I'm like, "I mean, not yet, but like I'm getting there to." Them. Um. So, long story short, he and I did not uh, end up together. (laughs) He uh, was a very sweet guy, but ended up relapsing, um, and it just wasn't uh, the best fit. I found out kind of like, I don't know, two months after we got married, I was like, I don't think this is really a good fit. <laughs> and then he relaxed. Um, so sometimes, uh, and I think he's doing uh, much better now and that's great. That's a gift of the program, um, that I can laugh about this, but you know, that's just, uh, the, uh just a, you know, testament of like, um, also that we're crazy and can make really poor decisions and that's self-well run riot. I'm, um, can do that any, day of the week, it doesn't matter um, if I have six years or six days, um, you know, that's why we have each other is to run ideas off of each other and, um, you know, to hold accountable. So um, I am forever grateful for the program of Applaus Anonymous. It has truly given me a life um, beyond my wildest dreams. And, um, you know, I'm gonna keep coming back because it's working. That's all I got.